This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, it's the Bad Podcast. We're here with the Billy, the B, Bill Landis, uh, the A.R.E. Wasserman. I'm the D. Doug Maurice. Thank you for joining us as we talk Ohio State Buckeyes football. But before we get to Ohio State football, we always like to talk about something a little random. We've talked about sweatpants. We've talked about ground beef very briefly. We've we tried to figure about, out what ground beef is, is about. <laughs> I think we've come to a consensus that we all enjoy ground beef. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, sure. yeah. uh, we talked about Ari Wasserman going to a wedding, and we're going to talk something a little random today, and that would be the Cleveland Browns. We <laughs> want to talk Browns, and we will add the caveat that we have no idea what we're talking about with the Browns. We welcome you to come to cleveland.com slash OSU and read everything you could possibly ever want to read about Ohio State football from Bill, from Ari, and from me. But if you want to read about the Browns, you go to cleveland.com slash Browns and you read Mary Kay Cabot and you read Tom Reed and Dan Labe and Bud Shaw and lots of other people. That's not us. Ari, do you really know anything about the Browns? No. Bill, do you know anything about the Browns? Absolutely not. I know nothing about the Browns, and so for the next 30 to 45 minutes, we're going to talk about the Browns. Well, we know they're not good. I mean, can we, we, we know that much. We know, I, I'm pretty familiar with the messed up draft picks, the quarterback situation that seems to be a dumpster fire, and all of the missteps that the franchise has taken over the course of the past 20 years since they returned in 1999, based on the coverage that I read at Cleveland.com, and you know, the world of Twitter that likes to make fun of them so much. So I don't say, we're not experts, I think is the way to put it. We're not experts on their uh, their personnel and how good each individual player is, but I think we know in general that they're just not very good at anything that they try to do. And the reason <laughs> we're interested in the Browns is because we have possibly some belief that the Browns not being very good has kept Bill Landis and Ari Wasserman from being homeless. <laughs> because we have three people for Cleveland.com and the Northeast Ohio Media Group who cover Ohio State full-time. Here in Columbus, we live in Columbus. We're in Ari's apartment right now. And Bill, as, a, as, a, as a, someone who has lived in Ohio for two years, two years now, um, you lived in Cleveland, you covered high schools for a while, you've mm-hmm. lived in Columbus now, covering Ohio State now in your second year. Do you think that the fact that the Browns have not been good contributes at all to the idea that many, many people in Cleveland are very interested in Ohio State. Because if you want to watch a football team that you root for win, the Buckeyes are your best option. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Ohio is pretty football crazy. I don't think I'm surprising anybody by saying that. And when you live in, in Northeast Ohio in particular, you want to be able to get behind a football team that you think has at least a reasonable chance at winning some games every year. And the Browns haven't really given anybody uh, any reason to think they're going to do that on a yearly basis. And Ohio state certainly has. So yeah, there's definitely a uh, huge amount of support in Northeast Ohio, at least from what I could tell from my one year living there. 
um, for Ohio State and uh, definitely satisfies that, that hole in people's football hearts that they have from the oh, Browns. Hole in their football <laughs> hearts. Um, young Ari Wasserman, when did you move to Arizona? You lived in Ohio and you moved to Arizona. I was when? born in Columbus and I moved to Phoenix when I was nine. When you were nine. So, but your family, if I'm not mistaken here, is an Ohio rooted family uh, and Ohio sports fans. Is that correct? Our- My father used to be a Ohio- uh, Browns fan. Okay. He doesn't and watch anymore. He doesn't watch anymore. But there was a time when, for instance, the people. When he was a kid and growing up. Your dad's side of the family, they were Browns fans and Ohio State football fans. Is that correct? Yes. How would you describe um, those two parts of the fandom coexisting in the Wasserman family, and what is the result right now of where things I think stand? there's more interest in Ohio State because the golden child writes about them. <laughs> uh, so that probably has something to do with it. But it just, based on what I know about my father and his fanhood growing up, he cannot stand to watch the Browns anymore just because it's just... It's miserable to be a fan of that team, and it's just what well, that was my laundry. Laundry's done. <laughs> um, it's hard to watch. It really is. It seems like it's so he just doesn't bother watching anymore. I think he turns on the first half uh, of the Browns game every uh, season opener, and then when he sees the same team that's been coming out every week since 1999, he shuts it off and doesn't turn it back on. So um, that's there's definitely more interest in Ohio State just because Ohio State's an interesting team and they're very good at what they do. So what we want to specifically talk about is bring some of our Ohio State knowledge, which we've talked about, about this a little bit before on the Bad Podcast here at Cleveland.com. We want to bring that into a discussion with the Browns, which is let's pretend that instead of an NFL draft where teams pick players based on how bad they are and everyone takes turns, back in the old days there used to be some, some drafting in pro leagues where you kind of got the local guys. You know, like Wilt Chamberlain, right, was a Philadelphia high school guy. That's how he wound up starting his professional basketball career in Philadelphia. Philadelphia native. Second second best player to ever come out of Philadelphia behind me. Um, (laughs) That's a fact. (laughs) The uh, coaster. And LeBron James, I feel like that's just like LeBron James is almost like a regional pick for the Cavs that – you know, they had the first pick in the draft that year. If LeBron James was born in Idaho, he would not be playing for the Cavs right now. Like That may as well be a regional selection yeah. based on how that played out. So let's pretend that the Browns had the rights to all the guys at Ohio State. And we talked uh, previously here at the Bad Podcast <clears throat> about which Ohio State player we think will be the best NFL player. And that was an interesting discussion because there's so many options. So here is the question... And should I start with the expert first, or should I just let us babble for a while? I think we should babble for Let's a while. Let's babble. All right. Ari, how many current Ohio State players, if you gave them a normal offseason of preparation, training camp, knowing they were on the team, not just plucked them off, the, off out of the Woody Hayes Athletic Center today and threw them on the Browns, but gave them regular preparation, how many Ohio State Buckeyes could start for the Cleveland Browns? Nine. <laughs> and that's conservative. Nine is conservative, and that's nine of... 22, mm-hmm. because we're not talking special teams, because if we're talking special teams, it's possible that could be expanded. So 9 of 22, before we go into names, Bill, does 9 out of 22, we're talking about how many college players from a college team could start for an NFL team. Does 9 sound crazy to you? 9 sounds crazy. 9 sounds really high. 
uh, I'd be more like around four or five, which I think also sounds crazy. So nine is insane. <laughs> because the, I, I think there are a couple here that are no-brainers, in part because, as Bill has written about extensively, there are probably between at least probably f- maybe f- four first-round locks for the 2016 NFL Draft on Ohio State's team. Yeah, maybe probably, up, yeah. And as high as six or seven possibilities, yeah, I would yeah. say, right? Because it was more like... People thought Cardell Jones was like a surefire first-round pick, and now obviously, just with the way the season's uh, gone so far, I don't know if that's true, but um, definitely four as many as six or maybe, seven. You know what? Maybe maybe locks, 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 100%, maybe two. Bosa and... Elliot. Elliot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because yeah, the, other, yeah. the other guys are like kind of later first round and maybe right. need, and it's if like, they slip to early second round, that wouldn't be a shock. And right. the other guys play positions where the Browns actually have some talent. So part of this issue then is that, for instance, we would say, could Joey Bosa, Ohio State's star defensive end, start for the Cleveland Browns? And we would say... Yes. 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 But Joey Bosa could probably start for 28 NFL teams right now. That's not like a shot at the Browns. But Ari, you're nine. We know Bosa is one. Let's start by running through the guys that you think could start for the Cleveland Browns off Ohio State's current roster. Okay. One, we'll just start with the easy one. I think Cardell Jones would start for the Browns. Okay. That is like a 45-minute discussion that we'll swing back around to. <laughs> Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. One is Cardell Jones. That's just Jones. one. We won't go into it, but okay. that's one. I think Ezekiel Elliott's two. Running back Ezekiel Elliott, two. Um, I think Taylor Decker at right tackle would be three. I think there's a chance that Pat Elfline, an all-Big Ten selection, could also play in that second spot. And, and I think what we talked about before we talked about this is even if the two players both projected the same position, that they still count as two separate players. So, like, if there was one offensive line spot on the Browns that is weak and there's two linemen on Ohio State that both projected the NFL line, then I think both of them could start at the same position. Does that make sense? I'll buy that. Okay. Okay, okay so... Pat Elfline and Taylor Decker, that brings us up to five, right? That's five on the offensive side of the ball. Okay, I think Darren Lee. But you said Michael Thomas, right? I have not. Michael Thomas is six. And Michael Thomas. No, Michael Thomas is five. five. Oh, right. Okay, five. And Michael Thomas, to me, is like, might be a late first round pick, but I think, and as we, if you listened to us last week, and if you didn't, shame on you, uh, I thought that he would be our best, when we had this discussion in our conversation, I thought that he would be Ohio State's best pro. Um, and, Ohio, and the Browns are clearly lacking at wide receiver. Dwayne Bowe was a healthy scratch. What does that mean, healthy scratch? That's a hockey thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay, five. Um, so I think Joey Bosa would be six. Because okay, we're moving to defense Defense now. now. Yeah. So, but Joey, how easy do we get? Nine is crazy. We're already at six. We haven't even started yet. Joey Bosa is number six. I think Darren Lee is number seven. At linebacker. At linebacker. I think that there is a chance that Eli Apple could be a third or fourth round pick in the draft, and this is where we're kind of stretching it a little bit. That's a cornerback. Cornerback, and and the Browns are bad at cornerback. That's a specific Browns-related thing, because we know Joe Hayden is one cornerback, and they drafted Justin Gilbert with the eighth pick to be that other corner, and he has not been that so far. He wasn't a healthy scratch, but I think he was a healthy scratch. I think he had two plays. Pretty so solid the, number eight overall pick in the draft. Draft. That's the third. <laughs> that's the third defensive guy. So Bosa, Lee, Apple, and we're at eight. eight. Okay. Um, and I'm like probably having a brain fart right now. Oh, Adolphus Washington oh. in the interior. I think Danny Shelton was a good pick. He's very good, and I know that the Browns play a three-four, so they only have one interior defensive line. Min, um, 
and that's Danny Shelton. So I don't know if Adolphus Washington's better than Danny Shelton. He's not. But um, he might be a defensive he, end or something. You know, I he could be a strong side defensive end. I yeah. mean, Adolphus yeah. Washington, I think, could play... Uh, you know, I don't think he's a nose. I don't think he's... If he would go to a 3-4 team, I think he would be more of, a, of an end in that than a, than a pure nose guard, right? And I see yeah, at yeah. the Browns' depth chart right now, they start a defensive end named Randy Starks, and I've never heard of that human before. So, um, <laughs> there is, there is As nine. we said, we're not experts. And, like, right. we haven't even gotten to Von Bell yet. But okay, so that's the fourth defensive player, Adolphus Washington. So that's nine. That's nine. So I'm going to put Von Bellin at 10, and then you can make any of the ones you disagree with interchangeable. Right. Because I think that Dante Whitner is a bona fide NFL safety, and uh, Deshaun Gibson has been... He's been really good. He's been pretty good. So um, Von Bell, even though he is a projected first-round pick, this is where the Browns are actually strong at a position. So maybe he could start at nickel or something of that sort. Would you rather have Eli Apple play corner or Von Bell play corner? Like maybe Von Bell could play corner. I don't know what his... Maybe we're stretching it. He makes plays wherever, man. He just makes plays. So, but I, I do, I know. But also, people weren't thrilled with Dante Whitner's um, tackling. I don't think that there's a the debate the at this point that any Ohio State safety would start over Dante Whitner in the NFL, even if he had a bad. Is he game. an All Pro? Has he been an All Pro? He's been an All Pro yeah. before, I think. Yeah. Also, an Ohio State safety. <laughs> He's also an Ohio State player. So, um, I definitely believe that. Ten people are in the conversation, Bill, so you, you said it was crazy. Maybe you're crazy. I, I, I just – the Browns have not – I don't know. I think I read a stat that they only have one first-round pick that they've taken since 2011 starting in the entire team. And it's Danny Shelton. So, and it's Danny Shelton. <laughs> so he is last year's and he's early in his career. So uh, for Ohio State that has – I've seen up to seven or eight. You wrote about this yeah. first-round potential draft picks. Then if they only have one real NFL draft pick – in the first round that's starting on their team, then why wouldn't Ohio State's bevy of first-round picks crack the lineup? Especially because it's, they're bad! <laughs> they're well, that's, bad. The, that's the thing. Like, I don't know... Comparing personnel and the Browns personnel in Ohio State, I obviously don't know the Browns personnel, which you said at the start, but the idea that Ohio State has 10 guys who could start tomorrow, or I guess it's... The yeah, they have a, they full have training a full camp. training camp, yeah. but even still, 10 is ridiculously high. And, like... I think I think you're wrong on Eli Apple. I think you're wrong on Thomas Washington. Yeah. I think you're probably wrong on Von Bell. Um, everyone basically on the defensive side, aside from. But Adolphus Washington has been on first round draft boards. Yeah, has he, he has. No, no, I'm not saying these guys so, are first round talents. And the, the reason, why, and I'm not saying that every single person would absolutely start on the Browns. What I'm saying is, is there's a combination of two things at play here. One, the Browns are very bad at what they do. Yeah. Two, Ohio State is very good at what they do. So when you meet somewhere halfway in the middle, when you have these two things at play, that has a very big play on what we're talking about here. Because if we were talking about the Patriots, it might be one. It's just the fact that the Browns are in a situation right now where they're not doing really well personnel-wise and it's showing on the field. So, I mean, maybe Bosa on every team in the league because he could be the next J.J. Watt. But outside of that, there's going to be a question mark. But for the Browns, it's just they don't have... And we're going to talk about Cardale Jones, but even their quarterback situation. Like, it's not that Josh McCown isn't a pro quarterback. Just how could it get worse? <laughs> could it get it? I don't think like it Cardale Jones isn't like, the greatest player I've ever seen in my life. But right. the fact that, the, I mean, I would start anybody over Josh McCown. Yeah. And that's just my outsider's view of it. So, Doug's on the phone right here. So. All right, we're, we're going to bring in um, um, someone who knows what they're talking about. Um, and that's our friend Tom Reed. Tom Reed, how are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. I feel like this is a real honor. This is a big honor for me. Um, <laughs> this is the 
the most popular bad podcast on the internet. We're terrible at what we do, but like 700 people listen to it. So this is a big chance for you, Tom, to really get your brand out there. <laughs> yeah, my brand needs a lot of working. <laughs> so, so, Tom, what what we're curious about from you is, um, are I maybe maybe this is an obvious question? Are there a lot of positions on the Browns, in your opinion, where they could use some help that good first year college players, whether they were from Ohio State or not? would have a chance to come in and earn starting jobs? Like, are we talking about, like, two or three? Or, or are there spots where if there was an influx of talent, there are a lot of guys who could step in for the Browns? Well, yeah. I mean, given the way that they've started and, and the, uh, the, the, the there's so many problems right now with the team as they sit one and two, uh, they're definitely, when you, you look at their roster, there's probably a handful of guys that, that, that they would at least have interest in because of the A, their talent, and B, the position they play. Do you think it's more on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball where they could use the talent influx? Right now, uh, it's both. And, uh, you know, there's some interesting positions when you look at the Browns uh, from a defensive standpoint. You do think that maybe the secondary will probably get its act together. They also have a couple guys uh, that they like that are injured right now. Uh, the kid from Oregon who's out for the entire year. And also uh, Charles Gaines, who uh, looked pretty good in the preseason before he got hurt. But when you look at linebacker, uh, there's a, there's certainly uh, there's certainly room there. Uh, Mitchell Schwartz was, is going to be at the end of his contract uh, at the end of the season at right tackle. Uh, they may have an interest there. You see the way they're struggling to run the ball. I look at Elliott, and uh, you know that that could be a position. And we all know with the situation at quarterback and the need for a top-flight receiver when you look at a guy like Michael Thomas. So when, when we bring up this topic, how many Ohio State guys could start for the Browns, like when you hear that, do you think that we're stupid college football writers who just are talking out of our ears? Or like, do, does it like intrigue you a little bit? Like, hey, there might be something to this. Well, Carlos Hyde looks like he was been doing pretty good, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah I, it's, it's, the issue is always that, no, I, I think it's a very good topic because – the topic that, that, that never works is could the, the Buckeyes beat the Browns? Right. And that's, no, right. I mean, but when you talk about adding individual talent, absolutely. Absolutely there are guys that could help this team. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, they would obviously you know, want to get stronger and everything and get ready for next year. But, yeah, you, you certainly could be plugging guys in in the next nine months, and there, there definitely would be an addition. Well, the thing that I, I think we are going to get into, even after you get off the phone, because uh, I, I know Doug's pretty excited about this topic, <laughs> but when you talk about the quarterback position, obviously Johnny Manziel is still early in his career. Maybe he'll work out. Maybe he won't. But when you look at a guy like Cardale Jones, who has like the physical attributes that an NFL team might need from an arm strength standpoint and a size and, and strength standpoint, do you think that the Browns would be better off right now with a guy like Cardale at quarterback than maybe sticking with McCown? Well, you know, it's an interesting, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, obviously, we, we might have found out had he decided to go come out for the draft this year, although they may, he may not even gotten to 12 uh, where the Browns were picking. Um, you know, one issue right now that's facing a lot of these quarterbacks, and I've written about it, I know you guys have too, is the, you know, coming from that system, I think it does take a while. So if, could Cardinal help them immediately? 
I'm not positive on that. Uh, but I, he's got the attributes. Uh, I think if he's, once he starts working in an NFL system, uh, you know, he seems like a fairly smart kid, uh, could maybe pick it up pretty quick. Uh, we've seen the success, for, for example, and to me, the, 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 the example that has to hearten a lot of people is Marcus Mariota, who looks to me like an NFL quarterback. For the last couple of years, the big story uh, surrounding uh, the quarterback position, uh, as we see so many teams running these quick, high-tempo offenses and spread offenses, is they've had trouble making the transition right away in the NFL. And the Browns have seen it with Johnny. Uh, obviously, he had other issues, but we've seen it around the league. But that's why I think a lot of people are excited that Marcus Mariota has stepped in there. And in the first couple of weeks, he's having his struggles, but he looks like an NFL quarterback. And if Cardell can do that, then that would be great. I don't know if Cardell could come in, if Cardell transferred tomorrow or was put on loan to, to the Browns. I don't, I'm not sure if he could come in right away. Just, again, because of the complexity of, of, of the defenses in the NFL. That was, uh, you kind of touched on what I wanted to ask you, Tom, is, T- tomorrow, if Ohio, if the Browns could take an offensive player, who would be more of an impact for them right now? Would it be Cardell and his huge arm and his raw talent, or would it be a guy like Michael Thomas who can come in and almost immediately make any quarterback better just because he's a better receiver yeah, than I, the Browns have right now? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I think now, now Thomas would is Thomas eligible next year or yeah, yeah, he's got yeah another he year? When Elliott does not, am I, am I wrong on Elliott? No, he's also eligible. They're both able to come. Okay, I think both of those guys, because you, I think running back is the easiest position to come into the NFL and play right away, and I, and I think receiver also is. I don't think that the, the spread uh, changes a whole lot. I mean, we've seen so many guys in the last two years, not in Cleveland, may I add, but we've seen so many guys around the league come in and have an impact right away at the re- wide receiver position. And I think, you know, you talk about you know, a guy, guy like Elliott, again, I, it's, it's still hard in, mentally make the transition from one to the other, but he's looked good. The Thomas kid, I've seen him a couple times. Maybe some fantastic catches I've seen him make. Uh, yeah, those guys, those guys could probably, to me, they could step in quicker than a, than a quarterback just again because he's got so much to learn uh, at the NFL level. And you've seen uh, with, with all, all of our friends, friends of the show, friends of NLMG, uh, George Whitfield and all the work that he's trying to do and guys like him getting these guys ready. I think it does take a few months to kind of get them up to speed with the NFL. But but at the receiver position and at the uh, running back position, no. Those guys, you know, if they're good enough, they could potentially step right in. Tom, I have two more questions for you, and then we'll let you go, and thank you for your time. These are deep thinker questions because, Tom Reed, we perceive you to be a deep thinker. Well, I don't know about that, but go ahead. Number one is... If Cardale Jones actually winds up on the Browns, is there anything about that situation that would be fraught with danger in terms of him being a Cleveland kid, the things that would come into play with you know all the hometown stuff? We saw that a little bit with Brian Hoyer, uh, but this would, I think, be amplified because he's a national championship quarterback from Cleveland coming from the home state college as well. Is there anything that could be a negative about Cardale Jones in Cleveland with the Browns from that perspective, in your opinion? Not necessarily the hometown part of it. I just think it's the history part of it and how, how this has become such a quarterback graveyard. Uh, for, there's so much, for whatever reason, uh, it has become so hard for guys to come in here and play well. And, and boy, not only 
not play well, but then it just seems to ruin their careers. You know, I, I think the only guy that has left here and made the Pro Bowl afterwards, I think may have been Jeff Garcia. I may be wrong about it. I think Jeff Garcia went to Philadelphia and had one really good year. But it seems for whatever reason, guys come in here and struggle, and, and they just can't get their careers going again. But that, would, to me, would be more an issue than the Cardell's or Cleveland kid. Uh, you know, as long as he's got his head on straight, uh, you know, then I, I don't think that would be as much an issue. It's just you know, the history of this position and the team's always in flux, you, you know. And also, who knows who's going to be running this team and what kind of offense they're going to be running next year. And then, Tom, you are a very cosmopolitan gentleman. You are a man of two cities. You know Cleveland. You also know Columbus. You've been all over uh, the idea of the Browns having a training camp in Columbus, possibly down the road. Do you think that the Browns' lack of success contributes at all to Ohio State interest in Cleveland? Because if you want to root for a winning football team, that's your best option. I think there's a little bit to that. Yeah, but I mean, Ohio State is such a, I mean, they've been so good for so long. And, and, and it, we, we tend to forget that back in, you know, I, I know this is, I don't even know if Ari was born yet or Bill was born yet, but they were good in the 80s. I mean, they, they had some, they had a good run in the 80s. Uh, so it's not like, they, they, you know, and I think that Ohio State was popular in Cleveland back then. But yes, it certainly contributes. It doesn't hurt that there's a winner there. Uh, obviously, Urban Meyer is from Northeast Ohio. Jim Trussell is from Northeast Ohio. There's that incredible, incredible pipeline of talent from Northeast Ohio. We think of Splendville specifically that has come through there. So I, I think that, that it does contribute. But also, it's, the program has been such a gold standard for so many years that, that, that it's going to be, there's always going to be interest in Ohio State. Tom, we would just like to say that whenever you need us to help with your job, we're here for you, okay? <laughs> Oh, you, you know what? As soon as I get my own podcast, you guys are going to be the first three guests. Wow. That's that, great honey. news. Well, we actually, people might actually listen to that. Um, Tom, thank you for your time, man. Have a great day. Yeah, you too, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Tom. All right. That was some, that was some real Browns talk right there. Yeah. That was yeah. some real Browns talk. At least what? we're not nuts. It makes it feel better that he didn't go. You guys are just a bunch of idiots because we are, but. Right. But is that reasons. reaffirming? To have people tell us we're not completely stupid, I love when that, when that happens. Yeah, you, I, yeah, I like like every now and then just being reminded that it's not completely on the edge of stupidity and like maybe a little more middle grounded than. So um, I think we want to come back around to the most interesting part of this, which is the Cardale Jones debate. But as we gather information on a number, and I think before we end here, we need to come up with our final number. Right. I, we contacted our friend Dane Brugler. Who, who for our money is one of the best NFL draft analysts out there from CBSSports.com. We reference him a lot. He's an Ohio guy. He knows college football. He knows the draft. He knows Ohio State. We asked him this question. How many Ohio State Buckeyes, given a full offseason, normal preparation, could start for the Browns? And Dane told us this. Four for sure. Taylor Decker at right tackle. Ezekiel Elliott at running back, Joey Bosa at defensive end, and Michael Thomas at receiver. And I think, are we surprised by any of that? No. 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 And then, it, this is backing up Ari's claim of nine. Dane Brugler then says, there are a lot of other position battles that would be close. And the names that he lists, for example, are Adolphus Washington on the defensive line, Pat Elfline on the offensive line, and both... Darren Lee and Joshua Perry at linebacker. 
Now, he's not as high at the moment on Cardale Jones and JT Barrett being able to win in the NFL right now. But that's four sure things and four possibilities. So, Bill, I know we kind of thought Ari's nine might be a little crazy. I, I feel like maybe he's closer to reality than we might have given him credit for 25 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, maybe, because I would trust what Dane Brugler says about the NFL draft more than Ari. But, uh, yeah, I think maybe that, I don't know, even that, so that's eight, or that's eight that he gave us, right? Yeah, that's four, four for sure four and four sure, maybes. Four maybes. Even that, to me, just seems really high. I don't know. I mean, I guess I could entertain an argument for Darren Lee and maybe Adolphus Washington, but the idea of, of Pat Elfline being a starter in the NFL with one training camp and Joshua Perry, who I know I said might be end up being a sneaky good NFL player, that idea, to me, still sounds a little bit crazy. I know. We know that they took Joel Batonio in the second round as a, at guard, and he started as a rookie. Now, I don't right. know... My my comparison between him and Pat Elfline is non-existent. I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. what that is. But again, we know that that Pat Elfline is an all an all conference caliber player. Um, Ari, do you do you want us to stick with nine? You know, I'm okay to like wiggle down uh, to like to be like solid and feel really solid about feel really solid about the number that we put. If we did five or six and felt really good about it, I would be okay with it. All right. So I think are we in agreement on the four? Yeah. Dane yeah. said Joey Bosa, yes. Michael Thomas, Ezekiel Elliott, Taylor Decker. Yes. Yep. Okay. I would say if you put Darren Lee in an NFL training camp with a team whose linebackers aren't locked down, we know for sure who our three starters are, I would bet my money on Darren Lee coming out of training camp on the field. I could be convinced that Darren Lee, yeah. Now, I'd again, he was a high school quarterback like three years right. ago. Um, but he's gotten a lot bigger. I think he's fast. I think he's instinctive. I think we saw Ryan Shazier step in and play right away in this league. Yeah. Who are you texting? I'm not texting anybody. He's on his it's phone all... like the whole show. It's distracting. Oh, I'm sorry. So I'm like gonna... concentrating. I'm just letting you talk. You is it your s- other podcast? You said this was going to be our best podcast. It is, is our it, best podcast, and you're one? ruining it. <laughs> no, is it the best one so far? Do you think it's the best one so far? It was until he started ignoring it. <laughs> He's like, what? Yeah, yeah. Eight, nine. Yeah, that's cool. Have I not been complete? Last week I was playing Madden. How was that not distracting? <laughs> I know, but you were... But the, I, I want you to be invested. This is your This is your idea. Do you feel invested is it my in idea? this? Yeah, it was your idea. You were all uh, over this. You're right, it was my idea. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, by the way, a rooster's waitress, who is beautiful, yet said, yep, right when I ordered, and I've never fallen more harder in love. And that's a thing, that's a statement for me. That happened right after I asked you, why do you say yup? <laughs> and, and I didn't know if it was a young person thing or an Ari thing. And then she yupped you right she to was, our faces. <laughs> it's not a young person thing. It's a crazy person thing. And the girl was physically beautiful. And I was like, can I just get... What did I get? Oh, I got mini corn dogs. Mini corn dogs, yeah. And she was about the mini corn dogs. She, yup. It was. You can see like the little bluebirds and the hearts floating in the sky. I fall in love once a week. And right now, I don't know if I ever want to fall in love again. But okay, you were You've talking about yuffed. the Browns and my phone. Um... Darren Lee is five. Are we? Let's 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 unite on Darren okay, Lee. Okay, five. five. I'm good. Um, I think, uh, I I think in my opinion, maybe the next biggest possibility would be Adolphus Washington. I think I think physically, I don't know if anyone. I mean, physically, the guy is he's got the body for the NFL, and yeah. I think he really is playing well early this year. And I think he's he's because he's played end and tackle at Ohio State. I think he's versatile. Um, I think he could fit 
a, you know, different systems. So I would be, if we're looking for six, my inclination on who would be six would be Adolphus Washington for the Browns. Yeah, that'd be mine too. Um, I'd be much more comfortable with him than any of the guys in the secondary or uh, or Josh Perry. Ten minutes ago, you like scoffed at my Adolphus Yeah, Washington. but if the, if the question is Adolphus Washington, Josh Perry, Eli Apple, or Von Bell, I'm going Adolphus Washington because he has he appears to be the most NFL-ready. He appears to be NFL-ready when he was in high school, by the way. At right. signing day, it yeah. looked like he feasted on the flesh. And, and I've he, never seen a human so developed so soon. He hasn't, he wasn't, didn't come in and he wasn't yeah. dominant right away. I mean, Joey Bosa basically took his job. Right. But I think, I think it's been pretty impressive the way he responded from that. He got moved around last year when they basically changed his position late in the year to free up Michael Bennett. Now he's more at that playmaking tackle spot. Um, I think Von Bell very well could be like a really good player. I think it's just the Browns maybe don't need safety as much right, right now. I'm a little hesitant on Eli Apple and Pat Alflein on, like, right now. Apple is the stretch. On right now. So, do we want to go six, or do we want to stick at five? I think any time, I, I like six, because any time an Ohio State player, for right or for wrong, by an expert, has been mentioned in the first round, I think any time there's a first-round pick who's coming out, the Browns can use him or need him to start. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's like, well... Maybe they have people at that position or whatnot, but I think that Ray Farmer would want Adolphus Washington on his team to potentially play. I think he could contribute. So I think maybe nine was kind of a stretch, but I'm very comfortable saying six players would start on the Browns, especially considering how bad they've been with their first-round draft picks. And and the the one thing is their best recent first-round draft pick, at least the way it looks at the moment, is Danny Shelton at defensive tackle, who was, what, the 12th pick? Yeah, he's, he's a rookie. The, he said it. He's, Danny Shelton is the only guy they drafted in the first round since 2011 who's starting for them right now. So, so yeah. he is. I mean, the issue would be: could you put Adolphus Washington somewhere else in the Browns' defensive line right now? Because he's not moving Danny Shelton. Right. Yeah. He's not going to play the nose. And right. But like, if they if they play, it's just like it's hard because we're talking specifically about the Browns and their personnel. Right. But if they ran a four three, right, then it would be a no brainer. It's just it's not whether or not Ohio State's player is good enough to start right. for the Browns. It's whether. That's the that's the whole thing. Maybe the new coaching staff yeah, will run a four three next year. Change to a four three. I mean, laugh at it, but that's what they do, isn't it? I know. <laughs> I know. I know. So. We're not advocating anything. We're just talking about history. Yeah. Um, I will go six based on that. I will go six I based six on Adolphus is... Washington sliding to end or something changing. Yeah, I mean, and like, is it like the those are the six that we those six guys are just the number six? I mean, I think I don't think we have to. I think we could say six. Now, the other question is if we want to go. And we could get into some Bill Landis expertise here. Cam Johnston, NFL punter, yes or no? Yes. Yeah. I like almost, and I wrote the story like last May listing the players who could go to the NFL draft. I held off on saying Cam Johnston, even though I thought it because I didn't want to sound like a crazy person. But I think, yeah, Cam, Cam Johnston's an NFL, uh, NFL punter. And I think if Ohio State punted more than 40 times a year, that. that Cam Johnson would be like a guy who's seriously in the Ray guy conversation, yeah. and especially because the Browns punt every possession. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be yeah. they need yeah. a good yeah. or turn it over. Do, do you know? I don't know this. Um, do NFL teams rugby punt? Do many of them? I don't know. Not that I know of. Yeah, I, I can't know. picture it. And would I mean would Cam Johnston have to adjust at all? Anything I mean that's his, his that's style? his thing. If if it seems like if I don't I couldn't tell you the last time you've I seen just always doing like wonder if it's like we talk. The ball's bigger. And sometimes I wonder if that, like, it's, I don't know. It's but more, I it think, looks more like a rugby ball. I think ball. in all zero rules football is even bigger than an NFL football. 
So that's nothing for him. You know what? We're look. We're always looking for. Do you guys want to go like a full punting podcast next yeah. week? Yeah, just yeah. hardcore. We'll get like Ben Buchanan to come on and John Tone. Yeah, oh, yeah. We, can, we can do that. Get John Tome on. Yeah, he'd he'd, be, he'd come on. Um, okay, let's spin this back around before we we wind this down. Cardale Jones, NFL quarterback. Let's keep it Browns related. And and I guess the question is not should should could Cardale Jones be the Browns quarterback next year. But, and again, I don't, I don't think Cardale Jones should be the number five pick in the draft. But in a, at a reasonable spot, let's say late first round, early second round, mid-second round, something like that, the way the, the Raiders took Derek Carr or, or where the Browns took Johnny Manziel, would Cardale Jones be a good pick for the Cleveland Browns in one of those situations? Bill Landis, yes or no? I'm going to say no, because uh, I'm going to bite a little bit on what you asked Tom about being the Cleveland guy and having that kind of added pressure and how that might complicate things. And I also, I, I just don't see it yet. And I'm not a professional quarterback evaluator, but I, from what I've seen and the things that he's been successful at, I don't know if I'm pulling the string right now if I'm the Browns. Ari Wasserman. I would say yes if he's a top 10 pick. I would say no if he's late first round, middle second round, because I think the Browns have done the same thing over and over again at the quarterback position and repeatedly failed, and that's never taking the elite quarterback and going for a guy who's... If Cardale Jones is somebody who rises to the top of draft boards and becomes an elite prospect, I think the Browns could leverage their future on a guy like that because they are going into it knowing he's their guy. I don't think that it would be good for Cardale Jones or the Browns for them to draft him and then treat him as a Brandon Whedon, Johnny Menzel-type experiment because that repeatedly fails and it wouldn't be good for either party. That's a very nuanced take. Thanks, man. I thought you were going to say that, uh, but so do you think Cardell Jones is going to be a good NFL quarterback? As of right now, I don't. I don't know. You're setting me up because you want no, to bite me down. No, now. no, I know no. What's no. Going to well, happen. I mean, like, I don't. I don't think that there is a clear. I mean, I think I don't that, think anyone could be 100 percent sure. I don't way sit on that. in the press box on Saturdays and say, "Wow, yeah, this guy is a stud." I think that he makes certain plays that are very impressive, and I think he's good for what Ohio State needs him to do. And I thought more than anything about Cardale Jones outside of the uh, outside of the physical attributes in the hole. He can throw a football six miles. Uh, he can throw him over those mountains. <laughs> he came into a very tough situation last year and handled it mentally like you would read about. And I think being a great NFL quarterback more so, or just as much as it is about physical attributes, is about having the mental capacity to do it. And the thing I'm most impressed about with Cardale Jones is how he's handled the moment. So I do think from that standpoint, he has the mental, he has that certain mental makeup where I think he could be a good guy, but I don't think physically he's doing things down on the field where it's like, I mean, I'm wondering if he should come out of the game sometimes because I, I still think that JT might give him the best chance to win. So to say he's a bona fide NFL stud right now, I'm not willing or ready to say that. Where are you on that, Bill, on Cardale Jones, NFL quarterback, no matter where it would be? Uh, I think I'm in the same boat as Ari. I, uh, I don't know how far take the snap and chuck it gets you in the NFL. And I think that's what Cardell Jones is very good at right now. And it's not only him, it's the, kind of the way the college game is. Quarterbacks are throwing to a lot of wide-open receivers just because of the way offense is played now. So I I don't see all of the um, – I see the physical talent. I don't know if the preparation that's required to be a good NFL quarterback is He's made eight it. starts, right, or whatever it's been. Let, let me ask you this. You said, I mean, obviously, I think a lot of college offenses are sort of that one read – Right. Hit a guy, and if it's not there, run right. kind of thing. Right. You said throw into a lot of wide open receivers. Have you seen a lot of Ohio State receivers wide open this year? 
Uh, no, and that's when Cardell Jones wasn't good. And they were wide open against Western Michigan, and he looked awesome. He did? I thought he did. He looked awesome? On, the, on some of the plays, yeah. I thought yeah. He, he underthrew. I mean, I think we did get – people could get bogged down in the underthrown deep ball discussion. That was a very, very specific one thing he did wrong repeatedly, which is the one thing that he probably does best. So I think it was a – I think that was a blip. And I and – I, Obviously, it was true. I mean, it's like the first thing Urban Meyer said at his news conference Monday was, we missed six deep balls. Right. And if you'd hit him, he would have had a 500-yard passing game, and Ohio State might have scored 60. Um, but I think, like, I think that's going to be fine. Like, I think that's going to yeah. be corrected. You know, anybody can underthrow it here or there. I don't think, like, that's going to be a long-term trend. Um, in the overall evaluation of Cardell Jones, I would say you're both wrong. Yeah. <laughs> He's also not the MVP, Curtis Samuel is. I think think when I look at Cardale Jones, I see a lot of what you want at the NFL level. Um, And I think when he does have a little opening and he has a little spot to hit a guy, he will step up and fire an 18-yard pass. And I think the deep ball is a threat, and I think... Maybe overall right now, the thing that intrigues me the most is he can shuck off a sack. And if you can do that, if you can either be slippery and mobile enough and quick enough with your feet to avoid sacks and turn negative plays into positive plays, or be so big and strong that you're hard to bring down, what an attribute, you, what a game-changing attribute that is for an NFL quarterback. Do you think that a comparison, I don't know if I've, I'm just making this up right now or if somebody else has said that, but do you think Ben Roethlisberger is the comparison? I mean, I think that's the one everybody uses. Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, how many, you know, Cam Newton is another very big, physically imposing NFL quarterback, you know. Um, you know, but again, it's hard because in the end, I mean, like, you know, an NFL quarterback's brain has to be a computer, basically. Like, you just have to process information instantaneously and make the correct decision and then throw a ball in a very tiny window. And so I think to some degree it's, it's hard to judge that. And I think in the end, you know, whether he does that, I mean, how many misses are there at the top of the draft on NFL quarterbacks? Yeah, it's all the you time. Know, it's, it's all the time. So I think you have to evaluate Cardell Jones with the idea of, well, half of a miss just on stats. Yeah. You know, how many superstar quarterbacks go in the first round, you know? A lot of them miss. Some of them are decent starters, and every now and then you get an all-pro. Um, but I would I would take my shot on him having as good a chance as anybody, basically, because of those things physically. And I think um, with good talent around him, he could do those other things and make those quick decisions and process the information and be that kind of quarterback you want. Or, as Tom mentioned, you could go to the wrong system, the wrong fit, the wrong team, and your career could be ruined. Right? Next week's podcast, what would have happened if Tom Brady was drafted by the Browns? <laughs> I mean, it's too bad. Like, yeah, maybe we'll just make it. Would people care if we just made it an NFL yeah. podcast? Yeah. And we just said, hey, we don't know anything about the NFL. Here's 43 Here minutes of NFL yeah. talk. Um, yeah, I just want to, because I don't want it to come off as me sounding like I think Cardell Jones has no shot in the NFL, because I don't think that. Yeah, neither do I. I think that, and I also said what I said about him, with complete lack of knowledge of all the other NFL quarterback prospects around the country, because I don't watch every football game. I just think there is certainly room for growth, as there is with any quarterback. But he 
probably has more more raw arm talent and physical talent than maybe anybody else in the country. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of guys, you know, anybody coming out of that system, um, you know, people thought Marcus Mariota was a great, super smart, you know, runner of the offense, whatever. But it was like, can he make the system switch? Right. That kind of thing. Um, you're not going to have. You'll have those kind of questions with Cardale Jones. But there's a lot of physical things. Can he make the throw? You know, um, and even like, you know, Jameis Winston. I mean, I love when people talk about like off-field issues. It's like Jameis Winston was like he was in court, yeah. you know, accused of incredibly serious things. Now, again, the court system works itself out, you know, like, and he was the first overall pick. You know, like all Cardell Jones ever did was send one weird tweet and then has completely handled himself. And I think like a very savvy Maybe emotional, but savvy way of like marketing himself and being honest and truthful and all that stuff. I think there's a lot of things that would be a, a plus for Cardale Jones when we've seen a lot of quarterbacks drafted very high with very obvious minuses, including the Browns taking a guy who I liked when they picked Johnny Manziel, who's like nine inches shorter than Cardale Jones yeah. and who whose elbow hurts when he throws, like back to high school or whatever. Like, <laughs> oh, by the way, the really short quarterback. Has ten right? Yeah. They're like, oh, by the way, yeah, he his elbow always hurts. It's like really. So anyway, that's um that's the bad podcast. Hmm. Was that the best one or no? I loved it. I liked it. It was fun. Okay. It went forty five minutes because we had a lot to say for once. Yeah. We had a good guest. We had a great guest. Not a good guest. A great guest. A great guest. guest. (laughs) What What's our target number for uh, for listeners on this? Five thousand. Five thousand. Yeah. Five thousand. I thought you meant five for real. Again, like your mom. My mom like is definitely, yeah. yeah. We've got to make yeah. sure we get Tom Reed's name in the title of the podcast. That's big. Yeah. He's a deep thinker. People respect that. All right. So thanks for joining us again um, here on the Bad Podcast. We talk Ohio State. Um, we talk other things that we know far less about, but we just keep talking. So thanks for joining us. For Bill Landis, for Ari Wasserman, I'm Doug Maurice covering the Ohio State Buckeyes on Cleveland.com. No peace out, Holmes? That was good. 